information you need. The podcasts you love. This is the digitalzone.co podcast network. If you're a Comcast customer, you will definitely want to hear this first story. Samsung is reportedly going to unveil its real Apple Watch rival, (laughs) along with the Galaxy Note 5. Would you feel safe if your plane was fueled by a fungus? And we also have two stories about a genie can and a new smart plate. Those are the five stories we're talking about today on the Digital Zone. Feeding your technology addiction. This is The Digital Zone, the daily podcast about the tech industry and how it's shaping your life. And now, here's the host of The Digital Zone, Patrick Wiscombe. Well, hey there. It is another edition of The Digital Zone for Thursday, May 7th, 2015. I've already given you the rundown, so let's get right into it. But before we do, let me introduce the really smart tech guy from Harmon International, Brad Baird. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks, Patrick. Brad is here every single uh, episode that we record, and we've been doing this for good grief. Are we, uh, is this our eighth year? Ninth year? Uh, it's got to be at least nine years. Yeah, because we started this in 2006. If not 10, I don't know. (laughs) I was thinking it was 10. I was thinking we should be having a 10th anniversary sale here or something. Well, we'll uh, we'll have to do something when we get to that point. In fact, I think it was June twenty fifth of two thousand six, somewhere right in there. So we're coming yeah. up. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get to this first story. As I mentioned at the top of the show, if you are a Comcast customer, you'll want to hear this. Now, it's a token, but it's more than anything that they've done. I, I always rip on AT and T. I always, uh, you know, put the uh, the tagline: "If you're not happy, we're not happy." Yes, you do. <laughs> the same could be said of Comcast. If you're not happy, they're thrilled, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the only reason I don't get their internet here in my house, because I, I, uh, they, they offer the 50 uh, megabit, 100, mm-hmm. 105, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know what? I just don't want to call them, because I'm afraid that once I get into their vortex, it's impossible to get out. This is the first report that I've actually heard that they're at least making an effort. Uh, this is a story that's coming out today that, um, you know, and how many times does this happen? You stay home from work or you hang around on a Saturday and evening waiting for the uh, the cable person to show up and they're late. <laughs> or they're, uh, you know, but the thing I always like is when they say, you know, we're giving you a four-hour window between noon and four. And then they show yeah. up at 4.30, you know, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. All right. So they know it's an issue and at least they're making an effort to make it better. Now, I don't know if it's worth it, but if a, a cable tech is even a minute late to your house for the appointment time, they're going to give you 20 bucks for your troubles. Now, I would have been okay with 100 <laughs> Yeah. I would. Okay, all right, $100 for my time. Okay, all right. I guess it depends on how much you make, but uh, $20 seems kind of... I think they're going to report that on the quarterly results going... Uh, you know what, we had to write off about uh, $3.5 million in, <laughs> in late fees. In, in, in $20 fees? Yeah, oh yeah. my goodness. This move, the $20 uh, credit for your troubles move, is expected to start the third quarter. They have bigger problems other than just <laughs> $20 and people showing up late. But it, they did say, the company said, Comcast that is, said that they plan to create more than 5,500 customer service jobs over the next few years as part of a goal to always be on time for appointments 
Comcast has budgeted north of $300 million for the new customer service efforts, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. So, you know, I guess it's got to start someplace, but, man, they've, uh, they are bruised and battered. Comcast, that is as a brand. They have been um, bruised. Yeah, they are. And, and I honestly think that if, they, if their marketing guy, their sales, their operation guy, whoever it is, with everybody's flat panel TVs that they have today that are fully capable of running a cable system, if they would just let people use their telephone, their not tele, their televisions, um, they would be so much happier. Absolutely, so much happier. We don't have this on the rundown necessarily, but I'm uh, some of the stories that you hear about Apple TV, and I was gonna, I was going to do my best to get away from Apple today. <laughs> to, to not not you know, mention that. Let's, let's have an Appleist podcast today. Yeah, uh, but. Um, I am excited about Apple TV, at least on the surface. Yeah. In yeah. theory, that's a great idea. I really hope that they can pull this off. I will say this. Apple has, they're not the first, you know, other than the iPad, uh, not the Apple Watch. There's been other, you know, Fitbits. There's, uh, you know, other smartwatches. But I will say this. When they enter into an arena, and even with Apple Pay, they're certainly not the first credit card processor in the world. But the way that they just simplify things, that is what they are brilliant at. And I'm hoping that they do this with the TV. Yeah, well, basically, Apple has built the cable box of the future yeah. in the Apple TV. That's really what it is. Yeah, they're, they're kind of upgrading all the old technology, making it easier to use, so to speak. Yeah, and, and that's really what Comcast should be doing. And I think they're trying to do that, to their credit. But the problem is that Comcast is scared. They and all the other cable companies are scared because they have billion dollars of infrastructure mm -hmm. for, for cable. But yet it's all going digital. And their cable infrastructure is becoming obsoleted by wireless and digital. And, you know, that's why the phone company is into this nowadays. It's not just the cable companies. Because everything's, everything is digital. It's much easier to handle, to to transfer, to work with. And so the Comcast guys and the other cable guys, they're doing everything they can to protect their 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 turf, but they're waging a losing battle. And this is why I like competition, because it forces everyone, generally speaking, to be better. I, I really think that if one of the major cable companies would get on board and say, you know what, we're going to move actually into the 21st century instead of staying stuck in the 20th century, they they could they could do huge things, and I'm I'm anxious for that day to come, but it's going to be painful getting there. But but Apple is definitely trying to crack that shell wide open, well, it's and, kind of, and they're making progress. Okay, it, now let's let's rewind the clock. You know, like I said, Apple was not the first one to the uh, the smartphone market, but they definitely revolutionized it. Uh, now everyone's caught up with them. In fact, you could even argue with, since the six and the six plus came out that uh, Apple was playing catch up. I really think they squandered a five or six year head start they had on top of everyone. But that aside, um, this is why competition is good. It forces everyone to be a little bit better. It forces you to look around. It forces you to innovate. And those who don't innovate, generally speaking, they die. Uh huh. So it doesn't make me sad to see this. Um, speaking of innovating, I really think that the smartwatch market is going to live or die with Apple. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. the success or failure of it. Uh, so I think we're in a critical early window at this point. Uh, and then I saw this story that Samsung is reportedly going to unveil. <laughs> this is funny to me. Their yeah. real Apple Watch rival. Oh, okay. <laughs> with the Galaxy Note 5. So now, so they were waiting for Apple Watch to come out so they knew what it was they had to do to compete. Yes. <laughs> now, I think they literally have six smartwatches on the market right now. Mm-hmm. I couldn't name them all, but I do know that... Uh, they, they were planning, at least according to this particular report, they were going to release a smartwatch within the next couple of months, but they basically wanted to... They, th- the decision, at least according to this report, was, all right, let's calm down, let's see how this is actually going to affect our industry, meaning the smartwatch, the, uh-huh. uh, Apple, the Apple Watch. Uh-huh. So, what does that mean? Basically, it means they're going to have a new version of the Gear A, which will be equipped, according to reports, with a crown-shaped power button, a rotating bezel ring, and wireless charging capabilities. Now, I do like the idea of wireless charging. I am uh-huh. curious to see that uh, come to fruition. Really, I think within a few years, people are going to look at cords, and, and definitely your your grandchildren, not that I'm saying you're old, but uh, your grandchildren are going to wonder what the heck all these cord things are about. That There's some scientists from Washington State University that are actually trying to create jet fuel uh-huh. made by fungus. Oh, so there really is fungus among us, huh? <laughs> Okay, so according to the scientists at Washington State University, they have found a way to turn all sorts of readily available substances into biofuel, water, wood, uh, wood chips, air. You know, only something like this would come out of, like, Oregon or Washington. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I know that's a total stereotype, but... Biofuels are really a big emerging market. No, and, it, it is, but it just... And, so the, the team from Washington State University has developed a way to turn a black fungus found in decaying soil, leaves, and fruit into hydrocarbons that make up fuel for the aircraft. Kind of cool. Uh-huh. While recent tests have yielded promising results, the use of aviation biofuels have not yet been widely commercialized. Well, yeah, duh. So I am all about innovation, but please don't ask me to 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 jump on the uh, the bandwagon until the technology's been proven a little bit. It's kind of like the you know these electric cars. Love the idea, mm-hmm. um, but you know when you're paying forty, fifty thousand dollars for a car that is still kind of new, I don't think so. I don't. I'll wait till the the technology becomes a little more mature. Oh, yeah. and, okay, now think about this. Here's the other thing. If you think about all the innovation that's going into a smartphone yeah, in the space of seven years, seven, eight years, huge uh-huh. leaps and bounds, faster, oh, yeah. Yeah. smaller, thinner. You can't tell me that the engine in a car can't be innovated to be more fuel efficient. I'm just saying. And the engines of today are so much more efficient than the engines of yesterday. Yeah, they are. You know, so uh, I, I won't say that we're not making progress, 
but it just seems like it in in the automotive space it just feels like mm-hmm. it's crawling yeah well it is yeah it, it it truly is the 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 progression of the auto, automotive engine technology over the past 40 years as compared to electronic technology i, I mean somebody somebody did a comparison of that once i think it was like uh, a million to one or something like that some of these ideas are kind of crazy that we've been talking about mm-hmm. but i do see the benefit it just takes a little time to get there there are some innovations that i just go okay are we making progress or are we just making things more difficult this is one of those stories this is the genie can okay okay this is actually a trash can that does okay. your shopping for you okay so on the surface this sounds pretty cool because we've all gone to the store we forget something mm-hmm. we forgot to write it on the list Mm-hmm. All right, so that is what they're trying to solve right here. It's called the Genie Can. G-E-N-I Can allows users to create shopping lists, source product coupons, and automatically reorder products. Now, how does it work? Okay, yeah. Okay, so the Genie Can is basically, it's, a, it's an item that uh, hooks on, attaches to a trash can, so it can be used to scan barcodes of the items as they're thrown out. Okay, so you have to check your <laughs> check your garbage. Okay, but shouldn't shouldn't I be throwing that in my recycle can though instead of my trash can? <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> so as you're throwing stuff out, the items get added to a list and are automatically reordered. So that's the big picture. Throw stuff away, it scans the barcode, it sends it to you, or at least it throws it on a list. Okay. Now a mounting system is provided to attach the genie can to a trash can. With a magnetic panel attaching to one side, using adhesive strips and holding the genie can in place on the other side, uh-huh. it's designed to work with square, rectangular, plastic, and metal trash cans. Wall and cabinet mounting options are also available, and the countertop bracket is planned. Okay, so there's the the practical side of what they're trying to do. Okay, I, I don't know about you, but I would not put this thing inside my garbage can. I know what goes in there, <laughs> and and honestly, I unless this thing is like pretty much free, it's going to get gunk all over it. All right, so when I'm throwing the, stuff in. So okay. I I would say hang it next to the garbage can, but not in it. Beep. So the device could be powered either from, of course, you know, being plugged into the wall or by an internal battery. The battery lasts for an estimated seven days. Okay. <laughs> depending on usage and needs to be charged overnight when flat. All right. Okay, but seven why couldn't, days. Why couldn't they make that last longer? It's uh, not like they have size problems this here. It's pretty big too, but anyway. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at a picture of it. I'm like, uh, it, I don't think that's going to work. You know what? This reminds me of like a half can of soda. Like a 12-ounce uh-huh. can of soda uh-huh. cut in half. Yeah. Uh, meaning uh, tall, lengthwise. Yeah, it's about, that looks like about the right size. Once installed, the Genie can connect, can connect to a home Wi-Fi network via which it cross-references scanned barcodes against a UPC database and sends all data to its cloud service. The cloud service, in turn, sends information to the accompanying smartphone app when an item is scanned, it can be added to a user's shopping list. Coupons, if available, 
-hmm. and can automatically or potentially automatically reorder stuff. If an item does not have a barcode, because it can be held in front of the Genie Can sensor until a voice prompt asks, what needs to be added to the user's shopping list? So you can talk to the garbage can. Uh, a microphone coupled with a voice-to-text technology allows users to tell the device what is required and have it show up on the app's <laughs> shopping list. Okay. Genie Can says coupons can be sourced through partnerships direct with the manufacturers or with third-party suppliers. But in addition to a barcode reader, microphone and speaker, the Genie Can has a sensor that is used to determine if the trash can is full. And if so, the user will receive a notification on the app saying that the trash can needs to be emptied. Indiegogo is, the, um, is where the crowdfunding campaign is underway for the Genie Can. And a pledge of $119 will get you the Genie Can, uh, can, assuming all goes well with production and rollout. Shipping is expected to begin in September this year. Okay. Well, as long as there's an app that comes with it that tells me when it's time to empty the garbage can. Uh, this this is an interesting product. Uh, needless to say, I don't think we're going to be seeing one in my house anytime soon. But I, you know, I could see this as a as a watch app or a smartwatch app. I would I, I would rather scan my barcode on my smartwatch and throw the box into the garbage can than to scan it in the garbage can when I'm throwing it in there. You know, they don't address, what if you spill liquid on it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope it's, it, and it will. You will spill liquid on it, and it will fall off, and it will fall in your garbage can. And <laughs> uh, I mean, there's a lot of things here, and hopefully they've thought a lot of this stuff through, even though the you know we don't get a lot of details on it. But... I, I don't know. I, I just don't think I need an app to tell me when to en empty my garbage can. Are we getting old? Maybe. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. It, it, is this good? I, I, mean, I, get, I, can, I can see the benefit if you throw something away, it just automatically goes on you know a shopping list or automatically sends something to you. I get that part. Mm -hmm. But to be told if the garbage can is full, come on! All I have to do is, <laughs> you know, like, oh man, it stinks, or man, that sure is full. I can't put anything else in there, so I can't scan anything. <laughs> so okay. there's the genie can. Check it out on Indiegogo. To steal a line from Jay Leno, how fat are we getting? Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a thing called a smart plate. And so I, I coupled these two stories together intentionally. Okay. A smart plate uh, is designed from a company called Fitly, F-I-T-L-Y. Okay. All right, their whole thing is that it knows the food that's going on your plate, so it knows that an apple is an apple. Okay. It, the plate is divided into three portions. Load sensors report how much your food weighs, up to three pounds total, mm -hmm. while cameras married to object recognition technology determine what you're actually eating. Okay. So, let's say you pile on some food... It's allegedly going to identify the food that's on your plate. So it will visually determine each food, weigh the portions, and then report back calorie nutritional data via a smartphone app. So there, you know, there's an app for that. Okay. 
Fitley says that its opt advanced optical recognition is showing 99% accuracy with many foods and can determine the difference between white bread and wheat bread and pasta with marinara sauce and pasta alfredo. Uh, they also oh. say that the smart plate also uses advanced machine learning to better identify foods as more and more people use the platform. All user data will float in the cloud in a single database. So as more food patterns are established, the better the optical re recognition will be for all foods. Basically, this is a uh, plate that will tell you how much food uh, is on your plate. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And it will also tell you if you're eating too fast. Because there's there's uh, pressure plates underneath it that if it starts you know depleting, it will basically alert you that, uh, hey, you got to chew your food here. Hey, slow down a little bit. <laughs> I, I could I can see a use for something like this. Uh, I, I can see some people that could that could benefit from it. Uh, if I'm if I'm, you know, taking care of somebody that's got a fairly strict diet that really needs to be monitored, this could probably come in handy. Um, but I you know I, I part of me wonders if this is a solution in search of a problem. I mean, because everybody says, well, the problem is we eat too much. Well, but just because my plate tells me I put too much on it doesn't mean I'm going to eat less, does it? I mean, I can obviously see when my mashed potatoes are overflowing the plate, I probably put too many on there. <laughs> but as just a general everyday usage tool, I, I, don't, I don't know. Well, that's what they said right now. It, it needs cleaning between every meal, obviously. It's not microwavable. Uh -huh. So right now it's a little impractical. But a, uh, a mm -hmm. plate with accurate, consistent, and highly advanced weight and ingredient recognition could I could prove at least helpful to some people, I guess. Yeah. Well, I, I could see, you know, like diabetics uh, could use something like this easily to help them make sure they're eating properly and, and kind of track. I mean, the nice thing about this would be if it's tracking what you're eating... Mm -hmm. And it, gathering all that data. Well, and, and the it, calories, too. Right. And so if, if you are on, say, you are diabetic, and then this plate will tell you, you know what, this week you ate this much of this, 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 and this, and this. And, and it can kind of help you stay, you know, balanced. It could say, you know, you ate way too many carbs. You need some protein to go with that. Um, and so, like I say, I can see people that could use this for sure. But, I again, I don't know if it's for every person usage. I don't, I don't think it is, but um, if you're willing to actually check this thing out, it's Fitly, F-I-T-L-Y. Uh, you can get it for 99 bucks. That's the early bird pricing, and it's stated to ship, well, they're saying next summer, so I don't know if that means quite literally in about 50 days from now. Mm -hmm. no, or, 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 or a year or, or a year and a half. So. Yeah. Anyway, that is... That is the uh, the Fitly smart plate. You know, I thought okay. you were going to rip the smart plate apart. I, I, no, I was I, not expecting that. I'm just thinking, you know, people um, in, in in a care center. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, there we go. You know, I mean, I think this would be great for an area or people that really need to control their diet uh, because they're not able to do it on their own. They, you know, they're kind of maybe losing a little bit of their cognition facilities and they don't realize what they're doing they think they're putting peas on their plate or they're putting corn on their plate but really they're putting garbanzo beans on the plate you know 
they could look similar to somebody with, with strained eyesight, but they're totally different nutritionally. So this could help people, I think, in the right situation. And so it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I would, I would much rather have one of these than a genie can. In the 10 years or 9 years that we've been doing this podcast, I think that's the first time the words garbanzo beans have, been, <laughs> have, been <used>. have come out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And I was like, wow, garbanzo beans, you're going deep yeah. on me. Let's, let's go back through the archives and search for garbanzo beans. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're going to wrap up. <laughs> Okay. So be sure to follow us uh, on, uh, we post the podcast every single weekday. You can pick it up on soundcloud.com. Just do a search for Digital Zone. But it's probably easiest if you just go to digitalzone.co. It's not digitalzone.com. It's digitalzone.co. And you can follow me on facebook.com slash patrick.wiscom. Brad, did you ever figure out your Facebook page? Oh, you know what? I forgot I was supposed to do that. I I think it's just uh, uh, Bradley Baird. I think is that what it is? I I think so. All right, just do maybe, a search. Maybe if I maybe if I just you know go to me, yeah, it should just be Bradley Baird. You know, I think it'd be fun to be able to test out some of the stuff. Maybe to, not for sponsorship stuff, but to actually kind of be a guinea pig for some of the stuff, test mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Yeah, it would. What if they're looking for beta testers? The genie can. I'm wondering if they're looking for trash can testers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not signing up for that. All right. That will do it for today's edition of the Digital Zone. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you tomorrow afternoon. Reporting the technology news and information you need to hear. This has been the Digital Zone with your host, Patrick Wiscom. Heard each weekday afternoon right here on digitalzone.co.